Hi, ladies and gentlemen. We're just oh. going to start, Sai. This is uh, another weekly dose of head in your ears. This is I'm Al Ronald. This is Sai. Hello, I'm his long-suffering wife, apparently. Oh, comedy wife, sorry. Uh, we were just having a nice chat about Jurassic Park and yeah. how absolutely brilliant it is. Original film. We, what we worked out was that Al was 10 when it came out yeah um, and i was 20 just back from university <laughs> and i i remember going to the local cinema to see it and i, I just couldn't believe it uh, being obviously a science fan as you know and a fan of, I, I love dinosaurs and uh the, the scene where he looks over the side of the uh the open jeep and then they cut away the two of them rise in their seats and then it cuts away to the cut away cut away cut oh, away wrong bit, wrong the bit. scene of the dinosaurs walking through the park and i could not believe it and the cgi even today is 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 good right very good i there's a youtube channel called corridor crew if anyone's interested who they they break down cgi scenes and they do a whole episode on jurassic park that's really super interesting but one of the things that made the cgi so good in jurassic park is that originally it was all going to be stop motion animation um but then spielberg saw how good the cgi was but they trained the stop motion animators so they they built software so that they had dinosaur puppets connected to the computers so it's still kind of stop motion animation but digitized oh, no. oh. which might be i think why it's so good i know they actually used some models for some of the close-ups because uh, a friend of mine at university um i think it was her cousin created the triceratops um, oh, oh that's cool the, the one that's breathing you know well, when they there go there must have been a few people involved in that process but yeah 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 but he was yeah he was, awesome. well he claimed he made the whole thing out of blue tack apparently <laughs> <laughs> ah. uh, that, that's what I, he told her this has uh, turned into an owl's film facts so what's interesting is is that michael crichton who wrote the book and i read the book at the time hey, as well also the robot from red dwarf which not many people know oh really <laughs> yeah yeah, so. I didn't know. That. Yeah, well, it was actually that crisis. He'd he'd written and uh, directed a film which I, I recommend. They're now doing a series of called Westworld with Yul Brynner in. Um, back way back when, um, and it's the same premise. Yeah, it's a it's a theme park full of robots in the Wild West, and one of the robots malfunctions and basically kills the guests. It's exactly the same as Jurassic Park. Basically, he just rewrote re it, and and cleverly so. Uh, with with the dinosaurs in, but it's pretty much it is just the original I West. I think I would like dinosaurs. to see Jurassic Park Westworld. I would like to see Yul Brynner playing the Tyrannosaurus Rex, a yeah. CGI Brynner ripping people's heads off. Uh, right, that <laughs> would that be terrifying. Note, a we should probably get on with the podcast. <laughs> yes, we probably should. <laughs> It's that time again, Al. It's your favourite time of any what? It's time for science. Oh, you can hear my excitement. I'm, I, this is one of my, I, and I've not overdone it this time, yeah. but this is one of my favourite subjects. And it leads on from, I was talking about the cordyceps fungus um, last time, um, which is a parasitic yeah. fungus. He was talking about me, Colin. Colin, yeah. Well, this time I'm talking about fungi. Now, I may have to do a couple of sciences on fungi, but I'm going to stick to to my theory, my fungi theory this time, um, which, you know, it's, it's based in fact. <laughs> originally. Uh, originally. Okay, so 
let me take you back, Al. 420, get this, million years ago. That might be the furthest back we've ever I been in science. Be and there was a landscape on the planet Earth, and it was dominated by 30-foot-tall fungal pillars. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Sorry, I, I hate questioning the science. Is that 30 one-foot-tall fungal pillars? 30-foot-tall. But, oh, okay. Fungal so, pillars dwarfing the surroundings. So there was only 30 of them, but they were a foot tall. <laughs> no. You know what I'm saying. Don't, <laughs> but, look, just imagine the giant mushrooms. There, dominating. 30 one-foot mushrooms, everyone. Picture that. Don't listen to him, guys. Right, so, now, don't let him subvert this. So, but, <laughs> from where does that great class of life forms, fungi, originate? Is this, this a rhetorical question, or are you asking me? It's what a lot of mycologists and a lot of people ask. I'm sure you ask yourself it a lot, Al. <laughs> I do. It keeps me up at night. And this is what I'm going to call this week's fungi. I'm going to call it fungi. The Divine Alien Gardener. <laughs> okay, go on. I think you'll like that. Okay. You've hooked me. Yeah, I'm saying, are mushrooms from outer space? Now, my belief is that they are. But I'm going to... Great, right. <laughs> well, that's all we have time for in <laughs> science. So we're going to talk about uh, the magic of mushrooms. Obviously not magic mushrooms, um, although they may come into it. Um, and the mycelium network. Now, uh, what, you, what you might not know is... Uh, I just briefly clear this up is that mushrooms are the fruit bodies of fungi fungi are actually made up of the mycelium when you lift out of a plant pot i think i mentioned this last time about cordyceps you see all the white stuff in the bottom of a plant pot that's all like threads that's the yeah. mycelium um which which is incredible there are here's is, some fungi is mycelium different from your cellium yeah, mycelium is very different from your cellium, Al. And <laughs> my, mycelium's mad cellium, <laughs> and just so yours, to be fair. Uh, your, your cellium's dream cellium. <laughs> dream cellium. Ooh, that's nice. Ooh. So, now here's a couple of fungal facts, okay? There are eight miles of mycelium in one cubic inch. Let me Man. just picture that. Ooh. Eight miles in one cubic inch. Okay, How now big let's, cubic inch? Let's, uh, it's just an inch that's a cube size, right? And <laughs> listen, their fungus are amazing. They can adapt anywhere. There is mold. For instance, you, you've heard of the Fukushima, uh, Fukushima uh, disaster <laughs> in Japan with the radiation, right? Yeah, I feel is, like you're on Dragon's Den. There is mold growing in the heart of Fukushima, flourishing on concrete and gamma radiation, one of the harshest environments uh, in the in the world. OK, of course, now, famous gamma radiation, famous for creating the Incredible Hulk. Yes, that's right. As well, as well yeah, as as well. Mushroom. Yeah. Mushrooms can eat rock. Yeah. And they can punch through concrete. And now what they're discovering. Do which you is call it? Do you call it eating, though? Yeah, I mean, because they're feeding off it. They're literally feeding off it. They're using it. Do you know what they've discovered now with all the plastic pollution in the world? This is a really positive and brilliant fact about fungi is that they're now find, finding that fungi can biodegrade some plastics in weeks. So, in fact, the way to get rid of all those plastics is to use fungi. This is the way forward, guys. OK, we need to live in symbiosis with fungi. And the largest living organism in the world is a mycelium mat 
in eastern Oregon, which is 2,200 acres. Okay. Um, so it's not Andre the Giant. It covers. It's not Andre the Giant. No, uh. it is. Uh, but a mycelium version of Andre that lives. It's two thousand years old, and it's a honey. Imagine, fungus. imagine they'd got that mycelium to play the giant in the Princess Bride instead of Andre the Giant. I don't think they would have. They would have been hard doing a two shot. <laughs> Bearing in mind it's 2,200 acres. If it yeah. ripped itself out of the earth and turned into an actual <laughs> living giant, I think that the, the population of eastern Oregon would be <laughs> running for the hills. Now, in a lot of ancient cultures, there are things. So uh, there was a Mesopotamian myth of a king, a primordial man, who was placed in the divine garden to guard the tree of life. Okay, I feel like this is okay. taking a turn. Hang on, hang on, right? And there's also a thing called the fashioner, which is an entity who fashions and shapes the material world out of chaos. Now, this this is my proposal here. Okay? Hang on, hang on. That okay? Yeah, carry on. I'm going to wait till the end. I can't. I just can't. Okay. Okay. And and also, uh, Terence McKenna, I think, proposed that forbidden fruit was a psychedelic mushroom. Okay, um, that that actually made human beings conscious instead of the apple. It was a mushroom, and. Um, obviously, with a history of ingesting visionary plants to perceive the mind of God. Okay, keep all this stuff just loosely in your mind as I tell you <laughs> the theory on what happened. What is mine? Right. So, 3.5 billion years ago, dormant mushroom spores from a distant planet were carried by cosmic winds and God. meteors into the Earth's atmosphere. I mean. Okay? When did the science segment finish? Yeah, in the late heavy bombardment, here we go, Earth was bombarded for tens of millions of years. And what I think is that it was targeted. There was then a transition from geochemistry to biochemistry. And do you know what it is? It was mushrooms and fungi, which are terraforming devices. Is it mushrooms and fungi a duet? act yeah they're the same well mushrooms are the fruit bodies but fungi yeah are the are the actual what uh, was their mushroom. what was the song they didn't they go to number one with mushrooms and fungi was it with uh fungi forage i think it was well maybe play that later shall we like, mushrooms yeah, and fungi. Like, oh, but listen okay so that's my theory now i'm gonna give you some proof oh my god there's proof involved yeah, yeah. okay you see i think the 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 fungi's evolutionary goal... i'm really interested in what your definition of proof comes off as yeah. here the, the evolutionary goal of the of the um alien fungi was to establish an ecosystem of multi-celled organisms now the proof is here right spores are electron dense and can survive in the vacuum of space the proof is in the mushroom pudding yeah, the outer material of a mushroom spore is metallic in nature, which would shield the genetic material from radiation. Francis Crick, who co-discovered the structure of DNA, argued that it's mathematically impossible for the genetic code to have randomly arisen, right? Now, fungal spores have been gathered at altitudes of 300 plus metres, and they spend almost their entire lives in the air, creating clouds by creating ice crystals, which they're very well uh, adapted to do, generating nuclei for cloud condensation, and eventually they pour spore-filled rain onto the ground. Yeah, they build soil, okay? And so early fungus developed lush forests, 
Uh, they protect plants by sponging up radioactive isotopes and detoxifying the environment. And, and it's definite that they built the foundations for vast forest scapes, nurturing healthier soil and plants. And also, get this, they act as medicines and, and they guide consciousness through uh, eating mushrooms, through ingesting them, um, through symbiosis. This is what I'm saying. Look at penicillin. He'll, he'll tire himself out, ladies and gentlemen. Just... <laughs> so this is my theory. This is what I think is that in a beautiful way that fungi are Earth's gardeners, and that's where these myths come from. As fungi came from a distant planet. They, they terraformed the Earth. That was their goal. They built this wonderful and lush environment. Without them, we cannot survive. Without them, we would not exist. This this is this is uh, this is a fact. Wow. <laughs> okay, so this oh, is, what, what else is brilliant? Oh okay, my is God. The, I thought that was the is that no, not mycelium self-educating membranes. Okay, so <laughs> uh, so this is this <laughs> the Japanese did uh, slime mold is slightly different to fungi, but in I think the same... you've broken my self-educating membrane. They they can they can memory map the shortest route to food through a maze. I can do that. Demonstrating cellular engineering. I've, I've, memor- I've memory mapped the shortest route to my fridge. Uh, well, haven't we all? Mine's, yeah. cr- mine's crawling after a strip, solitary strip drinking session. <laughs> I, I reckon I could get there in the dark if I had to. But yeah, so anyway, that, that's it. So what I'm saying is, is that also is obviously that I believe um, mycelium to, to be sentient. I believe your cellium is sentient. Yeah, did, right. Did, that... did you know we oh share God. half our DNA? We share half our DNA with fungi, and we're more closely related to fungi than any other species. Our ancestors were fungi. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe maybe that's not quite so true. My dustbin's full of fungi. Yes, exactly. Because it can it can feed off anything. It can bite, it breaks everything down. My um, dustbin's it... full of fungi. Oh, 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 I forget. What's the joke now? Um, is There can't be mushroom in there. Oh, no, that's your... Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's the end <laughs> of science. Is it the end of science? I think it's the end of science. <laughs> it's the end of science. <laughs> oh, listen, that... but I will come back to fungi, and I, I, I will look at fungi again. But I'm going to move... I'm gonna try it's and it's move an off. alien from space. Yeah, I'm going to try and move off biology. Is and... that where we are? Am I right? Yeah, basically, yeah. They they are the gardeners of the Earth. They were sent from another planet to terraform this planet, um, basically to create a place for... I hope to God somebody walks in on someone else listening to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, I, for another... Thanks, Fungi. Guys. Thanks, fungi. Uh, and now, uh, in at number one, we have the Fungi Forage by... Who was it? by us and oh no sorry oh we should mention actually that this is actually music uh and and sung by the the wonderful lobby lud but the 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 song was written by the electric head i think i think i spy a stink on with the spreading trees i'm sure i'm sure i saw a spore floating on the breeze it's fun 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 on a fungi forage we boil the mushrooms up and make a good old fungal porridge amongst the roots of pine and spruce some tasty mushrooms wait the woolly foot and parasol, a puffball you can bake. 
The leathery horn of plenty is great in soups and stews, and the slow-cooked meadow wax cap is a tasty one to chew. It's fun, fun, fun on the fungi forage. We boil the mushrooms up and make a good old fungal porridge. A simmered beefsteak fungus, a humpback polypore, the salty shaggy ink cap of flavours you'll adore. It's fun, fun, fun on a fungi porridge. We boil the mushrooms up and make a good old fungal porridge. But if you mess up things in fairy rings, you're sure of a surprise. The nasty shaggy polypore will fill your mouth with flies. Avoid my friend the death cat, beware the poison pie. The bright red toadstool's acrid flesh will surely make you die. Then you're dead, dead, dead at the fungi forage. So just make sure before you pick you've got an in-depth knowledge. A raw pig's ear will kill you, but the sickener will make you puke. You'll scream and writhe in agony, your insides turn to soup. Then you're dead, dead, dead at the fungi forage. So just make sure before you pick you've got an in-depth knowledge. So be careful what you pick beneath the birch and be and oak. The cruel destroying angel will swiftly make you croak. Then you're dead, dead, dead at the fungi forage. So just make sure before you pick your garden in that knowledge. Dead, 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 dead the fungi forage. So just make sure before you pick your garden in that knowledge. Right, Sai. It's that time again. To open the big dream book. These are things I've said in my sleep that my girlfriend's written down for me. I'm going to go straight into it. Okay, you ready for this? Let's go. I think that might be it. Tiny alligators on a branch. On my dad's quiz. (laughs) I love that. Tiny alligators. (laughs) See, this is going back to Jurassic Park, which we were talking about. I don't know if my dad was doing a quiz. Well, there you go. We are actually doing a Zoom quiz soon, so maybe it was a premonition. If he has any questions about alligators in the trees. Oh, the little tiny alligators that live in the trees. Here's another one for uh, from December 2017. <laughs> Shadows have a black outline today. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's it. Shadows have a black outline today. Oh, no, sorry. I go on and say, I read that. And then my girlfriend says, that's quite creepy. And then I say, that's not true. I heard you say it back. I'm just sleep talking rubbish. Could have guessed that. But thanks for trying in case you thought it was true. <laughs> right. So actually, you <laughs> became aware there. You were. Uh... I, I did. Yeah. What do they call it? Yeah. When you're aware of your dream, lucid dreaming. So yeah. you're kind of lucid dreaming. I feel like maybe I do that a lot. Who knows? Uh, yeah, because actually shadows don't have black outlines, really. They kind of dissipate, don't they? You can get a really sharp shadow. Sharp I, shadow. Yeah, I suppose, if it's a really, really My shadow is pretty sharp, I think. He dresses well. Sh- oh, yeah. does he? Yeah, so he's sharper than it's you. It's annoying, though, because my shadow dresses better than me. Do you ever he's find got, that? like, a kind of natty, natty suit. Yeah, he's a natty shadow. Tailored yeah. in London. Very natty shadow I have. It's uh-huh. annoying. annoying. Yeah, see, my, my shadow tends to be really slovenly. It's yeah. kind of like a liquid kind of wobbling yeah. around. Whenever yeah. I go for job interviews, my shadow always gets it. It's annoying. Because they're like, oh, he's good. He's well turned out. No. Anyway, uh, I'll do one more. This film is shot in those big steps we visited at the seaside. That's quite a nice beginning. And my girlfriend said, what's it about? I said, I don't know. I'm making it. 
she said, are you, are you just freestyling it? And I replied, yeah, it's called mousy chair. I think, <laughs> I think it's, it's mostly stunts. It's a period drama. We're shooting in a posh house. <laughs> that sounds like a mousy chair. Sounds like a great film. It's well, that a, sounds it sounds dark, doesn't it? Because it's it's like it sounds like it's a chair woven out of the skins of mice. Well, it's it's a stunt-filled period drama called Mousy Chair. Right. So I don't know. Make it that way. I don't know what it's about. Does it, has it got has it got mice kind of? You know, tiny little mice with rapiers kind of fighting each other, like duelist mice. Uh, that's kind of what I picture, but I mean, or I'm is it a this. big mouse chair that's eating the people that, that, that sit well, in it. Some of it is shot on the big steps we visited at the seaside. So, well, yeah, that would be a good place for a swashbuckle and, an, and in a posh house. So, it sounds like we've got all the locations sorted. Yeah, which that's is good. good. Um, oh. sounds like and he's got the title, which is uh, Mousy Chair. Mousy Chair. That's going to feel sell. like it may be yeah. Kate Kate Winslet. Yeah, I would say Kate Winslet dressed as a, a mouse or a chair, or a chair, or both. <laughs> Si. Yes. Are you ready to take another delve into the world of the supernatural? Ooh. Well, I'm not sure if it's if it's another terrifying tale. It's gonna. Well, actually, this one isn't a terrifying tale. Oh, good. But it's a precursor <laughs> to upcoming terrifying tales. Let me explain, shall I? Please <laughs> do. So, uh, I was in New York at one point. And while I was there, I happened upon a second-hand bookshop of used and rare books. Uh, actually, I have another haunted book story based in New Orleans, Louisiana, which maybe I'll tell on another podcast. Yeah. But no. um, so um, this is a place called the Alabaster Bookshop, which is in Fourth Avenue. It reminded me of Ray's Occult Bookshop from Ghostbusters 2, because that's oh, exciting. Thing. I mean, I, I must admit, I love bookshops. Yeah, I say, there's, there's one in Morecambe, uh, which is where, near where my mum lives, uh, which is, is wonderful. It's just full of dusty old books. And they've got an amazing occult section and, and supernatural well, section in that. Because it reminded me of Ray's Occult Books in New York, and it was in the same place like St. Mark's in New York, um, I went straight to the occult section to see what I could find. And I found a book, the spine of which just says ghost hunter alice thought. showing it to me now and it's, do you know it's, do you know what, what i would instantly pick this book out it's because it's got a kind of shiny emerald green writing on it and the and the front cover yeah just, like is a black a black cover but with this green embossed it's exciting writing. right it looks yeah, like yeah. A spooky i book. would i would grab that off the shelf so i picked this up it was a little bit expensive but i had to own it i absolutely had to own it and so this is by a new york ghost hunter by the name of hans holzer i think that's how you pronounce Hi. it h-o-l-z-e-r and he Sorry, Z-E-R, probably, as he would say. Uh, so the first chapter... So what I'm going to do, I'm going to fill you guys in on this particular book, which is quite interesting, and Hans Holzer himself. And then in future episodes, we'll go through some of the cases in Ooh, Ghost Hunter. This is exciting to me. Okay. The Whistling Ghost. These are the name of some of the chapters. The Stranger at the Door. The Central Park West Ghost. The Conference House Ghost. You know, the Ghostly Lover. 
what's great about this book as well is he gets me- mediums to have conversations with the ghosts uh, and they're they're written in the book as conversations which is very funny um so this book so he's actually got like transcripts yeah so this is an excerpt from an interview about uh, with hans holzer which i thought i would read because it gives you an idea of who hans holzer is so this is this is hans holzer saying there are ghosts that's how this interview starts <laughs> very there, there are ghosts there are ghosts there was a haunted apartment on lower fifth avenue that's he's got english now there was a haunted nightclub on 56th Street where an advertising man came in after his death and got himself a few drinks and left empty glasses on the bar and scrawled some good advertising slogans on the walls. Oh, wow. <laughs> and uh, he says, I think that advertising ghost was the funniest ghost I ever chased. And he, he, it says here, he laughed spookily and continued. <laughs> Oh, 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 oh. They do think goes, that was an affectation yes, that he worked on, on his a... own in the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> that spooky laugh of mine. That was a ghost I really became attached to. He had killed himself, you know, by hanging, I think. And he evidently died on a binge because when this medium talked to his ghost, she came out of the seance drunk as though she'd, <laughs> although she'd gone in sober. <laughs> I mean, that's going to save a lot of money. <laughs> I, might, I might become a medium. Sending <laughs> a medium into a seance and she comes out drunk going, yeah, it was the ghost that got me drunk. <laughs> This poor ghost was reliving his last agonizing moments and impressed it on the medium until she believed she was intoxicated. <laughs> <laughs> I've used that excuse before. Uh, Holzer says he knows of three bona fide qu- cases and he goes, I take a medium along and I have a ghost to ghost chat with the ghost. <laughs> I persuade the ghost that he's dead and to go away and to stop bothering people. <laughs> and he goes, So then uh, he goes, I have a little talk with the ghost and I will de ghost any house. (laughs) That's quite a claim, isn't it? I love the phrase de ghost. So he says uh, of his latest book, which is this book, he says, I am a ghost hunter. The whole message is that if you ever feel you're haunted, write to me and I will chase away the ghost. <laughs> Excellent. And so that's that you can see almost where the Ghostbusters idea came from through the reading possibly of that that very book, maybe. Yeah says the avenue ad man who was always emptying whiskey bottles late at night how do you explain that to his wife who drank all my bourbon oh i guess a ghost did it (laughs) okay so i'm almost done with this for now we will go into the cases of hans holzer but this book when i opened it and this is one of the reasons i bought it is that it included press cuttings from like the which i'm showing side nice yeah it had all these documents. So the uh, this one from the Florida Times Union from 1963, the Jacksonville Journal, all these reviews of his book um, in here. And I wonder if this book might have belonged to Hans Holzer. Ah, because he actually kept the reviews of the book the inside book. the book. I tell you what, that might not be enough to convince you, but this which I'm holding up here is an evaluation sheet for spontaneous paranormal cases. 
And it was inside the book. It was inside the book. You um, are kidding me. It's signed by Han- it's uh, got Hans Holzer's name on it and it's got uh, the confidentiality location, it's got space for a date, and uh, it's basically a checklist of supernatural cases. So it says the nature of the case, and you can take visible apparition, audible apparition, hearsay, impression, or the nature of communication, so via medium or ESP, the nature of the cause, violent death, suicide, unfinished affair, other. Um, so you know, lots of nature. Do you know of what the- this is? This is really exciting me. This is getting me on uh, onto almost. Uh, I'm almost as excited as when I when I when I get involved in science. Yeah. So that was a bit of a long one, but that is your introduction to Hans Holzer. Exciting stuff. And the big question of was this his copy? Ooh. I say yes. <laughs> Hello again, boys. It's me, Captain Westervacott. And it's me, old Blubberhouse, although this time my head is shrunk. It's tidy. Oh, he's making his head a little bit because I was walking in circles. He was getting so heavy. He deflated me head in my sleep, he did. Popped it with a pen. My wife thought I were just having a gas attack, but no, I were deflating. Hang on. So you've actually, your wife lives in the... uh... In the hot air balloon, this time space vehicle. Actually, it's not a hot air balloon, is it? It's a. It, it doesn't have a sail. We've never really specified, have no, we? No, did we did specify? It was a solar sail. Anyway, where do well, you boys want to go today? Who's gonna be whipping away? You know, Al. I'm sorry, but I think it's my turn this time. I think it is. I'm quite. I mean, last time I met Bram, Brand Jam Stoker. And uh, it's, it's, eyes, didn't I it? think yeah. it's going to be a little while before I want to whip away again. Well, Maybe okay. seven, seven days or so, probably. You know, I'm, I'm really. There's a place I've always wanted to go that I've dreamed of going since I was a kid. My, my, I, think, my, I think I might know what it is. Go. My dad was a fan of the old paperback uh, cowboy novels, and I used to watch like uh, all the old uh, Sergio Leone westerns. And I'd really love to go back to around. I think it's around 1865, which was. The period where the myths were made, there were the the cowboys, the gunslingers, you know, um, back in the wild west. Wild, wild west, wickedy, wickedy, woo, woo, as they say. Nice. Right, we can take you back to the wild west. That's no problem for us. We got a parking spot there. Actually, we get free parking in the wild west, don't we, Colonel? Ah, oh, we certainly do. Or ha We got a blue badge because we got two edges. You see, right. Hop aboard, Mr. Hedy. Oh, come along now. All right, I'm climbing aboard, guys. Which time? Okay, I'll see you later. See you later, Thai. Whip away. Whip away. a bit faster today. Gets a bit rusty. Why? We're under. Here we go. Oh, it's pretty rocky. Right, Mr. Hedy. There's an old... There's an old western ghost town down there. I'm going to chuck you overboard. Don't get in any gunfights and don't go mad. All right, off you go, boy. Oh, oh, God, here I am. Oh, it's just as well. I brought this um, eight-gallon Stetson with me. I'm just going to inflate it. Thought it might help me to fit in. I was carrying this around just in case. What you doing over there, son, with your inflatable hat, you... 
That ain't even a full ten gallons. That's oh. whole five gallons tops. So what is, are you doing this, in town? This is an eight-gallon um, Stetson. Oh, oh, uh, hi there, God. Um, God, you look kind of familiar, actually. Yeah, I'm. Uh, my name is the. Um, <clears throat> my name is the Chicory Kid, and I'm. Uh, I'm newer around these parts. Yeah, well, uh, my name is Deadwood Dick. And then my blood kin is grizzly bears. I was brought up by grizzly bears. We ate together. Really? Mostly huckleberries and uh, hickory nuts played huh? together, grew up together. God, so you were brought up by grizzlies. That sounds a bit dangerous. Uh, you must be pretty tough, old uh, dead eye. Oh, I'm tough as old nails, me. Because I eat, you know why? Do you know why? What? what? Because all we eat potatoes. Potatoes, really? Potatoes. You want, what do you, you want to, hey, hey, that hey. not get a bit boring, the old potato uh, diet? Come on, tell you what, come on into the saloon uh, and I'll, I'll treat you to some potatoes in there. Okay, I'm pretty peckish, actually. You a mean potato in the saloon, okay. Oh, wow, yeah, because I've always uh, I've always wanted to, oh, can, can, do you mind if I uh, try these doors out? I've always wanted to have a test of these old flappy. I warn you, flappy. I'm going to let you try the doors. But what'll probably happen is, is the piano player's gonna stop and everyone will look at you, cause that's what we gotta do. That. Okay, but hey, I'm the I'm the I'm the chicory kid, man. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. So yeah, uh, well, I'll, let me walk in through the door and I'll try out me um kind of. Hey, hey there. Yeah, I've been riding two days on the trail. I'm the chicory kid. I've been yeah, it's been a mighty long time, ain't it? How about a pot of coffee and uh and some potatoes uh, from from a friend here? Yeah, <clears throat> that was very good, Mister Chicory. Uh, yeah, was that okay? I'm, sit I'm, out I'm, here and uh, we'll call over the uh, the owner of this establishment. Her name's Bessie Bighorn McBean. Oh, oh, hi, hi there, stranger. Oh. I'm Bessie Bighorn. Oh, what hi. Would you like to eat? Oh, well, I'll let my friend Dead Eye. Uh, Dead Eye Dick order because he knows what's uh, what do you got on? Just tell her you want a potato. Oh, just uh, p- 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 potatoes, please. What kind of potato you want, chicory kid? Oh, 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 I don't know. Um, what kind of you got? What have you? What have you got? got in potato pie, potato pancakes, potato stew, potato waffles, potato skins, potato chips, potato wedges, baked potato mash, potato potato pudding. Right. Okay, you get a lot of potatoes, isn't it? I'll, uh, oh, well, potato... I'll of potato wedges. Uh, pota- potato pudding sounds interesting. I've never... Potato pudding. That's a good choice, my dear. Yeah. Now, okay. later on, I'll treat you to a gentleman's shave and a night in the whorehouse. <laughs> oh, okay, lovely. Yeah, it sounds, sounds like a, a, yeah. fun, a fun evening. Yeah, she's, uh, a good, she's a good one, that Bessie. Yeah. yeah. You hear that? You hear that sound? Can you hear that sound? Yeah. Boys are coming to town. The Blackbeat Boys. The Blackbeat Boys. They're the baddest gang this side of the Western Hemisphere. Oh my word! I don't know what a hemisphere is. Well, that's okay. Now, I've, you see, I've got a, I've got a, a Gatling gun here. Hey, vermin in there! Come out with your hands up! Hey, uh, you don't wanna. Uh, let me just get my gatling gun. Stand you don't. Out, yeah, I'm com- I'm a coming out, boys. But you gotta remember, I'm the chicory kid. Yeah. Oh, 
I've been chewing mescaline all day and drinking the red eye whiskey. I, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Look out, boys. It's the chicory kid. Get out of here. Gallop, you, gallop, gallop. I'm going to be causing an almighty rumpus, all right? Yeah, you pesky vermin. Well, chicory kid, that was hell of impressive. You are threatening of a rumpus had them running and turning tail. <laughs> R, is that you, Mr. Henny? Are you done in the old <laughs> oh, western? Yeah, oh wait, I'm, I really want to, I could stay longer, I could, I could stay longer, but I, I guess I'm going to go, oh, my potato I really don't think you ought to, could you grab us some potato pudding to bring uh, back? Oh, Bessie, Bessie, can you just bring me the potato pudding? Before you go, Mr. Henty, I got a secret to tell you. Yes, yeah, Smoky Jim. Just, uh, why don't you take a look at the back of my head there? Ooh. Yep, that's right. I'm a robot. We all robots here in the oh world. Oh my god, it's just it's like Westworld. It's like And it's you're like... just in time to meet our friend Tyrannosaurus Rex. Oh here we go. It's your printer it's on, on a Tyrannosaurus Rex. Oh my god. Get over there, Mr. Head. Hey, oh, we gotta accidentally I've take got... you to Jurassic Westworld. Yeah, let, let, let me just my, my cowboy trousers with potato pudding to take with me and let yeah, me find potato pudding and get one for Colonel Blubberhouse and his wife I will and I'm just going to grate some horse into it quickly there <laughs> we go sprinkle a little bit of its hide on top <laughs> sorry about that horse right, get on the boat I'm Mr. Henny your Britter's coming get out of the way of your Britter right oh it's time God. we whip back so okay. I'm, I'm back on board whip thanks back. Isn't it? Whip back. Whip back. I'll see you next week, Mr. Henry. Okay, I'll see you later. Uh, ah! Oh, oh. Oh, just that squelch. Yeah, that was all the uh, potato pudding uh, that's in there. Oh, I love potato. Is there horse in it? There's horse in it, yeah, yeah. Do you want to? You can suck it out of the bottom of my um, my, uh, trousers. If you could just lift your leg for me. anecdote actually ends where begins sorry where the last one ended so i uh which was um a break dancing um anecdote i believe in an off license unless i edited it out then yes you could have done well the thing was anyway i was in the off license we picked up uh i think i'd been trying to break dance in the off license my friend and i we, we were enjoying a drink a little tipple together and we decided we'd pick up a bottle of tequila they had one of the ones with a worm in the bottom. Classic. Um, and we were quite excited because we'd heard that the worm was hallucinogenic. Um, and we thought, oh, we'd... But w- what we should have thought, which would have been the, <laughs> the clever way to think about it, but we'd already been drinking, was that if we'd have decanted the tequila out, we could have <laughs> then got the worm out, cut it, it just, in half, tried gone, half each. Gone straight to the worm. Gone straight to the worm. I'm going to guess that you chose to drink your way to the worm. We decided we'd drink the tequila. <laughs> and then what happened was we drank the entire bottle of tequila, got to the bottom, um, uh, cut the worm in half, ate half each, and then we both passed out. <laughs> <laughs> so in the morning, I'm waking up and I'm feeling pretty ropey and pretty confused. I, I, I remember eating the worm. I, uh, I don't really think I was feeling any hallucinogenic effects, but I was feeling bad <laughs> because you would after yeah, after yeah. picking half a bottle of tequila. Um, and anyway, I was right involved that next day. 
But I thought, um, oh, uh, there was obviously no hallucinogenic, long-lasting hallucinogenic effect. <laughs> well, I don't know. We just listened to science. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll head home. So I, I left, I left uh, my friend's house. I'm walking, walking up the road. It's a lovely sunny day. Um, walking, yeah, feeling a bit ropey, but I'm kind of thinking, oh, you know, it's okay. It's not so bad. <laughs> and then as I walked up the road, from behind this hedge, suddenly I saw this blue this blue thing rising up in my mind i'm walking along the road how, how big was this thing it was huge so you're looking at god yeah uh sort of about half the size of a hot air balloon right <laughs> just just this blue thing rising above the hedge and i thought oh that's a bit weird but you know i thought i'll, I'll try and ignore it i'll carry on carries on rising did, i'm did walking you think towards you were hallucinating it. at this point i then began to get a little worried about my own my own sanity i must admit so anyway i carried on walking as i got closer it rose up it rose up bigger and bigger in front of me and and suddenly not only that these tentacles began to rise up next to it these giant blue tentacles with suckers on like cthulhu and, uh, yeah, basically, and and they were w- waggling around, and they were kind of like getting bigger and waggling in the wind, and then I saw a face on the big blue head thing, that was like the face of like an octopus with like an octopus's beak <laughs> and these eyes looking at me, and at that point, I thought, oh shit, this is... <laughs> I thought this is this is not right. This, this is be... revenge of the worm. <laughs> I should not be seeing this. I feel a bit ropey. This is not good. Do you know, but the funny thing was that what came into my mind and the thing I actually spoke out loud was, hello, Mr. Octopus. <laughs> <laughs> and then swiftly turned and headed back down the road, back to my friend's Wait, house. Before you'd worked out what it was. No, I saw it. I saw it. It came up and I went, Hello, Mr. Octopus. <laughs> and then turned as if that would kind of negate the thing. I walked down the road back to my friend's house very swiftly, hammered on his door because I basically wanted to find out if he'd had any any of these similar <laughs> effects. What the hell was going on? So he answered the door. He wasn't that happy being woken up by me hammering on the door. Saw my mad, scared face. <laughs> and he was like, What's, Are you all right, mate? You know, you're okay. And I, I was like, to I was point like, out for the record, I am not this friend. I know. <laughs> And I, I said, I said, listen, I said, uh, you're not going to believe this, but I was walking up the road, and this giant blue octopus came up from behind the hedge, and he said, oh my god, what did you do? I was, I said, hello, Mr. Octopus. <laughs> At which point he kind of fell about laughing, but he was like, come on, what do you, 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 let me come with you, let's have a look. So he came with me, walked up the road, and. Um, as we got closer, we heard uh, all the screams and laughter of children. And what we realised was it was one of these bouncy castles. About, uh, it was some, inflatable. And somebody had been inflating it in their garden or in the back. I think it was a school or something. And it was like a fate or something. And they'd been inflating it. But the worst thing was is they'd obviously been inflating it as I was walking out the road. It was just one of those <laughs> really bizarre coincidences. And then uh, it spoke to you. And then, and no, no, it didn't. it didn't. And it said, hello, Sai. Hello, how are you? I'm Mr. Octopus. <laughs> <laughs>
that's all we have to say for <laughs> ladies and gentlemen thanks for joining us at another head podcast check us out on the electric head on facebook electric head comedy on instagram uh any, anything else si yeah that's it i don't think we're on any other um we probably are but i don't remember those 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 two will cover you um so yeah, yeah. i will be i'll be spending uh, my time re-evolving into a slovenian cave salamander oh, which we were talking about the other day week. Uh, in between but uh did you know a little fact here they live for a hundred years and they only eat once every 10 years right on that note ladies and gentlemen i'll let you <laughs> take a week to digest that fact and remember mushrooms are aliens and, and watch this space for our for our hands the hands holes are special holes are special coming up soon bye